December 14th. A model end for a far from model citizen. Mr. Reginald Hollister, purveyor of Christmas novelties and found to be importing dangerously toxic plastic ornaments, found lacquered head to foot and posed as a Father Christmas mannequin in a toy store window display. It took experts four hours to chip his corpse out of its hard shell. That's one stiff, stiff. Lightning flying all the snow with a hey ha 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 ho ha ho with bells ringing gaily singing merrily we go. Dead Vent Calendar, a merry murder mystery in twenty-four crimes, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. I thought it best that I spend some time away from Shiloh lest I jump the Krampus list and murder him myself. More importantly, if I was to not find myself suddenly, if indirectly, guilty of two murders, Shiloh's and whoever else Krampus required me to help kill, I had to solve this mystery immediately. That and proving to Shiloh that his plan was as monumentally stupid as it evidently was. And anyway, I thought I had a lead. Our odd one out. Bulliver Toys, it turned out, was an old family concern, still based where it had begun in the east end of London. Not far, in fact, from the deserted factory where Mickey and now Shiloh had left their notes to Krampus. Bulliver was not yet deserted, but it was on the way there, all right. What had obviously once been a small factory had now grown to include a small warehouse, a small office block, and two small terraced houses next door. But the years of growth were obviously over. The upper windows in the terraced houses were dark and covered with buddleia and ivy. The roofs were sway-backed, the plaster sills crumbling. The side of the warehouse was extensively graffitied and the small windows cracked and dirty. And on the weather-stained and paint-cracked front of the office building, the heavy-serifed 70s lettering had begun to drop off, leaving it proudly calling itself Bullier Ois. But under the sagging mid-century carport-style awning, The windows of the reception were bright and jolly, festooned with swags of fluttering plastic tinsel and flashing fairy lights of every variety of colour and shape. Inside, the walls were covered with a wood-effect plastic veneer that was peeling at the corners and a large, muddy portrait of a jolly, rotund man holding a toy train above the name Oswald Bulliver Founder. I ducked in out of the rain and was greeted by a jolly middle-aged woman in a hand-knitted cardigan and quite her own smile. Good afternoon, ducks, she said. How can we be helping you today? There was a thin man behind her in a long brown work coat with a set of impressively chewed and mauled pens sticking out of the breast pocket. He had on a knitted tie, knitted at a guess by the same person who had knitted the woman's cardigan, with the same bright and festive wool to boot. His collar, peeking out of his coat, was about as dirty as his neck and a little dirtier than his face but his hands were a raw, red kind of clean. He had evidently just washed them on his way out of the factory or warehouse. He nodded at me in a perfunctory way. I was hoping to see Mr Wilcox, I said. Oh, Dax, haven't you heard, said the woman. Poor Mr Wilcox. There was a break in her voice. What's happened? I asked, trying to remain as innocent as possible. Why, he's dead, dear. 
said the woman. Dead, croaked the man behind her. Just Monday, to think. She pulled a handkerchief out of the sleeve of her cardigan and dabbed at her eyes. Terrible it is. Him poisoned like that out of nowhere. Poisoned, I said. Good Lord, what happened? That's the terribleness of it, said the woman. He was playing with the toys. He did love to play with the toys. Loved it, said the man with another curt nod. Someone sent indoor fireworks for us to see, and of course he had to try them, said the woman, and it poisoned him. Faulty, wasn't it? And to think I had them sitting on this desk all afternoon. I can see it now. Big picture of Father Christmas with a sparkler, you know. Happy kiddies all round. To think, said the man. Oh, that's awful, I said. I'm so sorry. Of course, I shouldn't bother you at a time like this. Well, we have to soldier on, I suppose, said the woman, drying her eyes again. What was it you wanted to see him about? Well, I I wanted to pitch an idea to him, you see, I said. Oh, that's a shame, said the woman. He always loved to hear new ideas for toys, did Mr Wilcox. Well, it's more of a game, I said. A Christmas thing, you see. A card game for grown-ups, really, I suppose. About arguments. You know how, how when you get your family together and you've got all the generations there and so many of them disagree about politics and whatnot. Well, you have cards with opinions on and you have to try and, and win people over. Uh, like a balloon debate, you know. I mean, it's a bit more complicated than that, but, but that's the basic idea. It wasn't any more complicated than that. Of course, I, I had to make it up on the spot, but it did the job. Ah, uh, uh, you wouldn't have liked that, Mr Wilcox, said the woman. He took Christmas very seriously. Very seriously, nodded the man. He liked a proper old-fashioned Christmas, did Mr Wilcox, continued the woman. Bought all these decorations himself. Helped put them up. Always played Father Christmas at the party, you know. Had just the build for it, poor dear. Always huffing and puffing about. Goodness knows who'll do it this year. But he wouldn't have liked that. Arguing at Christmas. Oh, no. Not at all. Well, it's more about forestalling the arguments, really, I said. You know, giving people something else to talk about. Uh, ridiculous subjects, that sort of thing. Oh, no. No, said the woman, shaking her head. No, he wouldn't have liked the idea of it. No, no. Arguments. He liked Christmas to be jolly and fun. Like it ought to be, the poor duck. Mr Kinch, said the thin man suddenly. Oh, yes. More of a Mr. Kinch idea, that one, said the woman. Mr. Kinch, I said. Our other director, said the woman. Of course, there's the young Mr. Bulliver too, but he's all over the place these days. No, no, Arthur's right. That's more of a Mr. Kinch idea, ducks. That's who you want. Well, I see, I said. Um, can I see Mr. Kinch then? The woman pursed her lips. He's not in today, I'm afraid, dear. There was an asperity in her voice when she mentioned Mr. Kinch, quite unlike the warmth with which she'd spoken about Mr. Wilcox. You'd better come back another time. Then I shall, I said. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm very sorry about Mr. Wilcox. I stepped back out into the rain. Out in the street, a small van was being loaded out of the warehouse, and I stood and watched the boxes of games and toys being carried back and forth, as I thought. So Mr. Wilcox genuinely was an odd one out. He didn't fit the pattern at all. Not on Krampus' hit list. 
the very opposite of Scrooge, as far as I could tell, a friendly, generous, kind-hearted and much-loved man. And yet, I was sure he was still part of the mystery. The only Christmas-themed death on the 9th that I had been able to find. I might not have it yet, but there was something there, and I was going to have to lay hands on it soon if I was going to prevent myself from committing murder. If I was going to stop my best friend from being killed in my name. You have been listening to Deadvent Calendar, written by Tobias Sturt from an original idea by Tobias Sturt and Rowan Davis. The story is read by John Millington, and I read the murders. The music is The Sleigh by The Sportsman and by Mitch Miller and his orchestra and chorus, both from the Internet Archive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please spread the word, and even rate and review it if you can. You can find more on SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher, and on our website at ruritania.co.uk slash stories. And tune in next episode to open another fatal window in our dead vent calendar. We are going onward through the night.